Didn't you know Jesus paid the price for you to be nice? Why do you gotta be nasty? Don't be nasty. Be sweet. Sweet, sweet spirit of the Holy Ghost. Sugar. <laughs> I know. I know some people want it all nice all the time, but when snakes come around, you know, the Lion of Judah might just use it as a testing for the young lions and the young eagles coming up in the group. Be like, I'm gonna make you a demonstration, a parable and a teaching. You know, some people come and go, some people are at different degrees of grace, everyone's in a different place in God the Father and their spiritual growth, and He loves everyone perfectly, but the Father is a perfect pastor. He has perfect vision, perfect love. He knows people that are full of crookedness. He knows people that are full of manipulation and guile. But He knows those that are totally in love and totally want to do the right thing, even if it looks ugly. The Father sees everyone's hearts. He sees the intentions of your heart. He judges the thoughts of the heart. And His judgments are righteous judgments that always cleanse us. The Father never hurts us. If we ask Him for fish, will He give us a serpent? If we ask for bread, will He give us rocks? No. He loves you. So then why do I deal with so many rocks and serpents, Lord? <laughs> Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You live in a fallen world. You live in a very religious world. You live in a very rebellious world. You're surrounded by sin and temptations and demons and devils. And Hallelujah. You're also got a new covenant here that's really powerful that can destroy all that distracting witchcraft coming against you. I'm telling you guys, the greatest warfare I've ever seen comes against people right before the breakthrough. And they'll come in and they'll have all the nicest Christianity, they'll have all the nicest knowledge, they'll have all the nicest stuff. We've been doing this thing a long time. I've seen hundreds and hundreds of waves of people come and go in 10 years of broadcasting. Hundreds. There's not, there's not a single thing here that I haven't seen dozens of times for five years on repeat. I tell you the truth, and that's not even pride. It's just... We really know what we're doing here. God the Father's in charge. There's a lot of experience, a lot of wisdom around. There's some very mature Christians around. And every time there's a breakthrough, that's when the greatest testing of the enemy comes around. Being like, do you really want God? Did God really say? You know, and then, hey, but, you know, here's some ego stroking. Do you really want to give your ego away? Maybe you want to hold on to yourself and live for yourself a little longer and here's all some false pleasures and false breakthroughs and stuff and they go off with the religious demon into Egypt and we've seen thousands do that and the father grieves about it every time but it's like you know you walk this earth not controlled like a robot I mean if he allowed the angels to have free will does he allow the nations I mean a lot of these people have given their will over to Satan and his angels I mean, I deal with them every day. They're called the Sorcerers of Babylon the Great, and they've willingly given everything in their heart and mind to devils to sacrifice their fellow human beings for power and money in Babylon the Great. 
And there's millions of people like that. They're called the Sisters of the Eastern Star and the Freemasons and the Jesuits. And they're professional clergy and they're professional sorcerers and they're highly skilled and highly trained in sorcery. I mean, you're surrounded in every U.S. city by real warlocks. They're usually the richest ones in your towns and in your countryside. And it's nothing to be afraid of. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. But you need to understand Babylon the Great. By his magic spell, he led all nations astray. It is written. Is that a lie? Is Jesus Christ just exaggerating? No, it's not that bad. The curse of the fall is not that bad. There's not 10 billion demons and devils here trying to kill you and deceive you and pull you into hell every day. Wide is the path to destruction. Many find that. Narrow is the path to eternal life. Few find it. You know? <laughs> Shaka. <laughs> is it really that bad, Lord? I mean, is America really that bewitched in white magic? In the knowledge of good and the appearance of good of Satan's tree in the garden? Of flesh? Christianity of the flesh? Being good in the flesh? Being good in the brain? Being good by the letter and not by the spirit of grace? Is that your main enemy? Working in the curse as a good Christian instead of letting Christ be our goodness? Is there two different types of Christianity at war against each other in the USA? Christianity of the spirit and Christianity of the flesh? One is satanic, diabolical, earthly, demonic, and literally a prison system upon people's minds of white witchcraft that only kills, steals, and destroys from your souls continuously? The Father said today, Babylon the Great was built by the stealing of the Christian's favor. And that's why they're so bewitched, because when you give up the favor of God in your mind, you're left only with witchcraft, the control of the serpent in the garden. And that's what we wrestle against every day. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, spirits of wickedness in high places. Jesus Christ and His mighty champions are warring for you. And most Christians have not even joined his side. They're warring against the sons instead of warring against Satan. And whew, all the more do we love you. All the more love, unconditional, is poured out on all flesh. The more you attack the man-child company, the greater our love becomes through suffering. He was made perfect through what he suffered. There's no other path for the mature Christians, the men and women at the sound of my voice, accept greater love. Love covers a multitude of sinners. Love does not accuse. Love does not fault find. Love washes. Love heals. Love cleanses. God is love. The Spirit is love. The river of life is love. Come and drink it, all of you who are thirsty. When you drink this love, you're drinking the cup of the new covenant. His blood shed for you. It's very expensive love. It's the most expensive substance the earth has ever known. It's not cheap. It's not cheap, cheap perfume. It's not cheap religion. You're drinking the blood of the Lamb. 
God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. Look at it this way. God is a businessman. Jesus Christ said, I'm about my father's business. God is a businessman. And the most valuable thing the father had, he sowed into the earth to buy you back from the devil. He sowed his son. The most precious thing the father had, he gave for you. And he sowed him into the earth, the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth. And does he not want to have a return of what he's invested? That's the great harvest now of the end times. The father sowed his son into the earth so that at least one billion souls right now would be pulled into his glory in heavenly Jerusalem and be sealed on their forehead with the mind of Christ. <laughs> Do you think the father's going to have his way? Even though every demon and devil lies to every single soul every day in the world so that the Father doesn't get a return on his investment? I mean, that's really ultimately what it's about at an angelic level in the heavens. Preventing the Father from having a return on his investment. That's all Satan and his angels have ever done. But guess what? The Father's going to have a return. The heavens belong to the Lord. The earth is given to the sons of men. There's never been anything, any breakthrough ever on the earth except through men and women. Amen. He had to move through Abraham. He didn't just come down here and kill the Nephilim until he had a covenant with Abraham. Until he had a covenant with Noah. Until he had a, a covenant with Isaac and Jacob. Until he had a covenant with his son. Then he sent his spirit. But I'm telling you guys... All this fantasy stuff of religion, of outpouring from outer space, is demonic. God has only moved through men and women's bodies on the face of the earth. You have to understand that as a law and a rule of all time in the universe. Every breakthrough and everything that's down here of God the Father has come through men and women like us. This pie-in-the-sky stuff is all religion, and Satan takes the glory. When you don't understand the army of the Lord and the champions at the front of the army and the inner court and the outer court, you're bewitched because you don't want to acknowledge the men and women that have sacrificed everything because you've probably not sacrificed as much as them. And by their leadership, you'll have heaven on earth. And I mean, that's the hardest thing I see people struggling with and their human pride, and we deal with it continuously because they're disobedient towards the anointed authority that God's put over them, in, in the army, in the army of the Lord. And all that you're missing out from is greater glory, the protection of your soul, protection from spiritual warfare, favor and blessings on your life. Anyone that break, breaks rank in Joel's army throws themselves into the devil's prison camp. It's true, and we've seen it thousands of times. These people just get the hell beat out of them. I mean, and it's literally hell on earth because they're not submitted to anointed authority. And I'm not talking about, you know, abuse of authority. I'm not talking about control systems. I'm not talking about the devil's kingdom. I'm talking about the kingdom of heaven. When the Roman centurion came around and understood authority, Jesus was shocked by his faith that a Roman soldier who had 
men under him would submit to the authority of the Messiah. Because the Israelites were so stubborn and religious, they thought they were all equal. This Jesus Christ is not better than me. I'm a son of God too. And so they couldn't get the blessing because they couldn't submit to authority. I mean, that's in the Bible. That's stuff Jesus dealt with every day in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But the Roman soldier understood authority, submitted to Jesus Christ, and his daughter was healed instantly. That's the kind of breakthrough and blessing when you don't break rank. And you're not deceived thinking you're more highly than you are. And the charismatic church thinks they're real high and mighty. But they reject sonship almost continuously. And that's why they're still outside the city gates. We have to just humble ourselves. We're killing ourselves by our own pride. And it's horrible, and the Father loves you so much, He doesn't want to see you destroy yourself. And so we break it down as easy as it can be to understand reality and the kingdom of heaven and how the king works. The king's not going to change his ways just because you don't agree with him. He's the king, and we're his subjects. Jesus Christ on the throne, King of kings, Lord of lords. He's a man, okay? And he has other men around him, the 24 elders, it is written. This is a kingdom, and you prove yourself in the kingdom by obedience to the king's word and the king's anointing. The spirit of the king, the Holy Spirit, is the spirit of the king. Do you know the king? He's present here by his spirit. And you fall in love with the king, you obey the king, you submit to the king, you do whatever the king says, and you prove yourself through testing and trials and tribulations and temptations of life. If Jesus was made perfect through what he suffered, I mean, you're going to have similar testings. And all of us have been tested every single day of our life. This earth is a testing ground. Do we pass our tests? Most of the time, no. Most of the time we fail until we get so beat up by our own sin and our own sinning against the king that we finally are broken, you know, like a young ox that has to get broken by a big ox in order to thresh the field and to do the ministry of the gospel. And then it's finally like, okay, I get it. I was real dumb, real stubborn, real disobedient. I get it now. You know, I am totally submitted to the king because... It's for my benefit and for my full family's benefit and for the benefit of my city to be saved, to submit to this man. Every single step of growth the last 19 years, I had to submit to authority. (laughs) You think I got here overnight? This is 19 years in the deep of the Spirit of God, born in the glory of God, submitting at Teen Challenge, submitting at North Central. Yeah, they persecute you and they kick you out, you know, and your anointing gets so strong that you get misunderstood. And then the Father leads you on and you keep growing as a tree of life. And the tree of life, the branches come out and it conflicts with other trees in the atmosphere of breath in the garden, which is the 333 breath of life. Some people breathe in witchcraft of sin. Some people breathing the anointing of glory. And it's all depending on what kind of tree is coming out of their soul, the fruits of the tree, the fruits of the tree of knowledge in Galatians 5, of all the death of Satan, or the fruits of the tree of life, of all the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. 
You know, that's the atmosphere, the 333 of the breath, of everything that has breath on the surface of the earth. And that fruit of the tree of life fights the dead fruit of the tree of knowledge in all cities in the world every day. And guess who wins? The tree of life always wins, but with a great struggle. With a great struggle, you've entered the kingdom. Why? Because you're wrestling out all the sin in people's souls. Everyone's right in their own opinion, opinionated mind, in their own tree of knowledge of what they've studied, even in their experiences, which God calls lying facts and deceiving sins. You're going to go by the deceiving sins? These are shifting sins. They change the science books every year. They have no idea what's going on. Scientists literally change their opinions about everything every 10 years. Is it, I mean, it's true. Are you going to go by the lying facts? And the facts change. <laughs> the whole universe is in conflict and constantly changing. Are you going to go by the solid truth that never changes on the throne, Jesus Christ? And the truth looks like a lie to those stuck in the deceiving sands and the lying facts called the tree of knowledge. Those led by the flesh. And they have all their information, you know, you got all the New Testament memorized, and it's like, this, this is how it is, and it's dry religion. And then the anointing comes around, and it's a young lamb on the throne, and doesn't make any sense to their whole religious system, and just slaughters the deceiving sins and the lying facts. It's factual, but it's a lie, because it's not how it is in heaven. Heaven is the only permanent truth, and the heavens and the earth are passing away right now. The sons of God make sure of that. Heaven and earth is passing away like a scroll. The word of God made flesh. The manifestation of the sons of God. All creation rejoicing. Amen. <laughs> and that permanent reality and that permanent truth is becoming the earth's reality and the earth's truth, which is the heavens and earth where righteousness dwells. <laughs> Amen. Some people are caught in that old earth and that old heavens of this is the way it's always been for thousands of years well, it's not true it's the fall, it's the curse the father doesn't submit to that the son doesn't submit to that the Holy Spirit doesn't submit to that that's not the vision of the Holy Spirit the old earth and the old heavens are a lie <laughs> don't be trapped in that system you'll die and go to hell that's the wide path to destruction <laughs> you want to be in the new line you want to be in the new wineskin called the kingdom of heaven where there's no cap, the heights and the depths and the widths of the love of God that's in Christ Jesus that has no limitations. It's infinite in all directions every day. Infinite creativity, infinite love, infinite joy, just consuming all flesh, all blood. And then everything that's old is done away with. And it won't make any sense. The transition in the metamorphosis is the erasing of your logic and reason for the wisdom of God, the wisdom of the ages. Wisdom has mixed her wine, which means it's drunk down into your belly and then grows up through your spirit and transfigures your mind. Unless you take a leap of faith and jump in an unknown cup of wisdom that you're not sure is true, there's no possibility for the tree of life to grow up in your heart soil and push out all the lying facts and deceiving sins of your brain be transfigured by the renewing of your mind because metamorphosis is necessary for everyone. And there's a tremendous acceleration on metamorphosis. 
which means God can restore 50 years lost to religion, 50 years lost to rebellion, instantly. God's not limited to physics. God's not limited to the curse of the natural dimension of the lying, deceiving sins. <laughs> it's just the temporal realm is bowing to the eternal realm of the king. And we bow in our hearts and minds before we even physically experience it. And the more and more we walk by faith instead of by sight, the more and more we experience His glory. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We serve the invisible God, and we bring Him into this natural dimension, and we pour out our spirit on all flesh. <laughs> what happens when you pour out all of your great faith, all of your tremendous love, all your tremendous favor of knowing the King and being one with the King and being in love with the King and being in heaven with the King on earth as it is in every day. What happens when we do that? We pull everyone out of the curse into the Father. And that's what this great royal outpouring of Melchizedek is. It's those who have pioneered ahead into the promised land of the new covenant called the sons of God that gone beyond the cap of Christianity and all human systems of Christianity into the eternal realm of God the King and have brought that eternal realm of the throne of God into the earth dimension and are consuming all flesh with the anointing of the Messiah, the seven spirits of God before our throne. Because I sit on the same throne as Jesus Christ and every overcomer does. It actually says that in the Bible. To those who overcome, they will sit with me on my throne. So that the same anointing that was with Jesus of Nazareth is burning through our hearts and minds on earth. And this earth is turning into a sea of glass. And people that are locked in the natural dimension of the curse of the fall are missing everything the Spirit's doing beyond the veil because they want it to happen in a natural way, but God's a life-giving Spirit. Unless you're spiritual, I mean, you might get it at the very last moment. But if you're spiritual and you love the Spirit because God's the Spirit, you know, you've been aware of this ever-increasing presence, the second parousia, the second coming of God, for about the last hundred years. For about a hundred years, it's been an ever-increasing parousia, the second coming of Christ. You're a hundred years deep into it. Well, the first coming was an instant. No, the first coming was 33 years and they all missed it because they're religious. The second coming, I believe, is 333 years. And that's just my opinion. I just want to put that out there because it's not an instant thing. It's an ever-increasing presence through the sons and daughters of God, restoring all things on earth as it is in heaven before He returns. And it's such a mess in the nations. There's so much to restore. It's going to take some time. And we have a lot of time. It's only 6,018. It's the year 6,018 in the Jewish calendar. It is. <laughs> What's 2018? Time, what, started at the fall. So it's been about 6,018 years since Adam and Eve fell. And time was created for mankind to be restored back to the Father in eternity. And this is the millennium reign of Christ, the thousand-year day of the Lord, where we, the seventh day where we enter eternal Sabbath day's rest, and it's forced upon all civilization by the sons of God on earth manifested, predestined for ordained before the foundations of the world. God chose you 
to be here during this time, the climax of the ages and the maturation of the times? It's true. There is no coincidences whatsoever. Even though there are so many lying facts and deceiving sands of the natural dimension, always deceiving people. This thing is more spiritual than you could ever imagine constantly. In fact, the real you and the true you inside that body is an eternal spirit. You're not a flesh at all. You're a spirit that has a soul that lives through a flesh. And the flesh isn't bad. Jesus had a flesh. It's just when the soul is submitted to the flesh and the flesh is a leadership of life, you let Satan control your spirit and you're a bird in the cage of the fowler. It is written. <laughs> but when the spirit is leadership of your life and you're not submitted to the flesh, you're submitted to the spirit, you're at peace with God and you're in continuous ecstasy and rapture on earth, experiencing the fullness of the Father in bodily form, walking with the Father in the coolness of the day. And that's what God the Father wants for everybody, to be led by the Spirit and not submitted to the flesh. And your flesh is submitted to the Spirit, which is peace with God. <laughs> the fall is submitted to the flesh. The resurrection is the flesh submitted to the Spirit, and all of your souls up on top Mount Zion by great grace, enjoying the Father on earth forever and all the favor and love of the King of kings and Lord of lords on earth. Mount Zion is an elevation of the mind. If the mind is in low places, it's in Sodom and Egypt, rebellion and religion. But by the favor and the love of the King on the top of the mountain, Jesus Christ, the King of the North, He's redeemed the witch of the South, humanity. For all we are apart from the King of the North is witches of white witchcraft religion and black witchcraft rebellion. Apart from the Father, we're nothing but witches. All we have is stars and sands. But in the Father, we're sons and daughters of glory. You have to understand that. <laughs> There's no goodness in humanity apart from what comes from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And He's pouring out His goodness on all flesh and He's not even asking questions about it. Usually the person that doesn't deserve it the most gets the double portion and becomes the leader because whoever's forgiven much loves much. Get used to people getting blessed that really, really don't deserve it. But that guy is the worst Christian. I'm going to make him your leader. Saul of Tarsus going around killing Christians. God saw him, poured out a ton of grace on his head, made him the leader of Christianity in his generation. Isn't that crazy? The murderer became the leader? What kind of crazy God do we serve? What a freak show. That's how God the Father is, always confounding the wisdom of mankind because He's so much better than us and He loves so perfectly, so intensely, He can do anything to anyone at any time. It's time we get to know the Father. It's time that we get to know His favor and His love and pour out our hearts and our minds full of that favor and love on everyone around us unconditionally all the time. You'll be shocked. Revival will just smack everyone in the face with so much love and favor. You'll never have to be religious again. You'll never have to force it on anyone else. You'll never have to try to put rules and regulations to be good on people. They'll just stop sinning because there's so much love and favor. It's more pleasurable to drink Melchizedek's cup, the cup of wine 
of his love and favor than it is to participate with anything in Sodom and Egypt of sin. I'm just going to have all of Zion's love and Zion's favor, Zion's riches, wash through me constantly because it's the most pleasurable thing available on earth. And I'm done dying in sin because it's terrible, momentary pleasures of the flesh, and then I feel like death afterwards. I'm done. It's stupid. There's nothing there. It's just emptiness. Cups of demons. All deceptions. Lies. Now I'm going to only drink the one cup of Jesus Christ and be so blessed that I can be an outpouring of the favor and love of Jesus Christ upon everyone and especially the ones that don't deserve it. Amen? We love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you tomorrow.